Hello, greetings, and welcome to the broadcast. I'm your host, Maggie Cavanaugh, and today I have Sarah Kiel with me. And Sarah is an amazing woman of God doing great things in the Knoxville, Tennessee area with Renewed Clinic. And so, Sarah, welcome to the broadcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good to see you. Good to see you. I absolutely love all the things that are taking place in your world there. We're not too terribly far apart in the same state, but, yes. you know, in the family of God, we're all together anyway. So, right. Amen. <laughs> well, I absolutely love what you're doing over there. Can you tell us a little bit about your role there? Sure. So, I am the director of Renew Clinic, and we are located in Knoxville, Tennessee. And we are a Christ centered and clinically informed intensive outpatient treatment center that treats all people from all backgrounds. Um, who have drug and alcohol abuse or addictions that they need to deal with. I love that because when we hear about Christ-centered and informed care, can you explain that to the audience that do not understand the difference between that and the importance of them working together? Yeah, absolutely. So in a lot of treatment settings, um, addiction will re be reduced down to something purely biological or genetic. That's where you hear the disease of addiction. Um, and we do acknowledge addiction science, how it affects the brain, uh, genetics, and how those things play into it. Um, and then in some faith-based treatment centers, it'll be reduced down to something uh, purely uh, sinful, moral failure type thing. Um, and we don't believe it can be reduced down to either. We believe that it is both. Um, obviously, our nature, the whole problem with mankind is the fall and sin. So I would never say that sin is not an issue in addiction. I come from um, a background of addiction and drug abuse. I would be lying if I said sin was not a part of that. Um, but at the same time, there are very real physical realities of how our brains are affected and how people have to physically recover. And it takes time. Uh, so we hold both. We don't reduce it down to one or the other. I love that because it is so important to see that they do work. You know, we are spirit, soul and body. And in the integrative approach is where I think a lot of times in the past we've seen people miss it. They focus on one thing. And I think, you know, you and I were talking before the broadcast. And I know personally that behavior modification will only take you so far. You right. have got to have the you got to treat the whole person. And it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing at Renew Clinic. So is this an inpatient as well as outpatient? Talk about the program structure, please. Sure. So we are outpatient. I, I long for the day we have recovery housing and we can house the people who are coming through our program. But right now we're intensive outpatient. So what that means is there is nine hours of intensive group therapy that each participant goes through weekly. So it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday from 5 to 8 p.m. And it's for 12 weeks. However, we already have people saying, you know what? I'm not ready to stop. Can I just stay through the rest of the year? And because we're a ministry and we have that flexibility, we're like, sure, absolutely. If you need that extra support, we're a ministry. We're not going to be rigid about that. Um, but to complete the program, we want it to be the 12-week process. Um, each person is assigned a coach. And these are people who are in the churches who are disciples of Jesus Christ and who want to walk alongside of our participants in their recovery journey. So each person is assigned a coach. We also have family support. Oftentimes the family members 
they get forgotten. Um, the wives, the sisters, the husbands, the children, the parents, these people are affected and they're going through it um, just as much as the person in recovery. So we have a family support group as well, and that's going strong. We have a very high retention rate. So clearly God is there. God is doing um, an abundant work in, in their hearts already. So it's pretty cool. It makes me very, very happy because my first experience with any type of recovery at all is whenever I became a crazy codependent and uh, I, I found myself in an Al-Anon room with a bunch of cheery ladies and I was like, what are you so happy about? You know, there's nothing to be happy about the situation. And so you're right. It is. And they refer to it as like a family thing. And I never even considered it that I never considered that my be crazy behavior was a part of interacting with someone because I had I had my addiction days and, and, you know, praise God, I got set free. But the reality is, is I was the worst codependent than I ever was. An addict. I mean, I'm just saying it, I was crazy with a capital C. So, so to being human. pardon me. I said, welcome to being human. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, and I, so do they meet uh, as intensively as the 12 week program or no, uh, they only meet on Wednesdays. Okay. So of the, and we don't want, we have a lot of spouses. So we'll have the spouse in the family and then the other spouse going through recovery or through treatment. And so we don't want them to be apart another day out of the week. So we wanted to keep it on the same day as, as the, the IOP. So it's on the Wednesday. Uh, I love Wednesday. that. Yeah. Because when they're rebuilding relationships, it's incredibly important to have that time together to grow together and, and so forth. And now I, I I just love what you're doing there. Now, as far as uh, you mentioned, like 12 weeks, are you, you what kind of curriculum would someone expect? I mean, are you using like the Christ Center 12 steps or what exactly would they experience if coming into that? Sure. So we've been writing our own curriculum for about two years now, and we're about to solidify it. I mean, it's been uh, we've had the bones, I guess you could say, together, uh, but it's biblical. It's clinical. It follows the creation, fall, redemption, restoration. Uh, we even get into uh, the redemptive stories. Um, we get into Daniel three and four, Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego, Nebuchadnezzar. Um, you know, God was able to even I believe, save Nebuchadnezzar, like the most prideful uh, king that there was, you know, uh, demanded that Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego worship his statue, threw them in the furnace, saw the wonderful power of God and gave him glory. Then God put him out of his mind for seven years and he was restored and gave God glory. I mean, that to me shows the sovereignty of God. And I want our participants to know that I don't care how far gone you are or how much pride you've got to, uh, I guess, work through, because that was my story. Just there's it's almost like I'm scared of how prideful I am, you know, or I'm scared of how much I see I need to work through. And, but if God can work through such a prideful king like Nebuchadnezzar, you know, he can work through anybody's life and he is able to humble and restore anyone. So we use that story. And of course, the children of Israel going into the promised land. Um, but it's just, you know, it's different. Uh, we have um, groups that are going to be meeting on Saturday and it's our aftercare, but we call it living free in Christ. But that's mm -hmm. a living free curriculum and that's already been written. So that's not our curriculum, but 
I absolutely love that because that is fresh and that is needed. Anytime yeah. it is Christ centered and biblically centered yeah. along with, you know, there's a saying that we don't throw the baby out with bathwash, you know, and right. people need that intensive outpatient for accountability yeah. and for growth. And at the same time, synergistically, they're going deeper in the relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. I love that. I absolutely love that. Well, so go ahead. Sorry, there's a difference between two that that we're seeing between faith based and Christ centered. Yes. So a lot of people will say, you know, we're faith based, which could mean that it's a Christian organization, but it could also mean a lot of other things. It's kind of a vague term now. And so I think it's it's just important that we keep it Christ centered and not not that we just have scripture on the wall, but we actually obey and believe the truths that are found in the scriptures and believe that God is able to deliver to the utmost anyone who calls on his name. So. Amen. Amen. I'm glad that you brought that up because that's a discussion I have with a lot of times when people yeah. say that it's faith based and it's the same thing as like, you know, saying you're a Christian counselor, but yet you don't mention Jesus, you know, that just means you're a counselor. <laughs> right. Because so, People will ask me, they'll say, Maggie, what's the difference between what you do and what other people do? And I'm like, well, because the, the answers are in the word and yeah. we're adhered to that. And if it's against the word, I'm not your counselor. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, that's the reason I, it, we won't go into all of that, but the reality is, is that taking the word for what it is and applying it to our life is where I personally got my freedom. It was not until I walked out of that freedom because before I was just trading one bad behavior for another. And when I got free, the scriptures say it is for freedom that sets us free. I got free. OK, so people say, you know, some would say that I've been in long term recovery. But I'm, I'm totally recovered, but I'm still recovering from life. Right. Because everybody is recovering from something, Absolutely. whether it be a bad attitude, whether it be a bad marriage, whether it be, you know, illness, whether it be, you know, your thought processes. It just there's so many different things. Um, and sometimes I think in addiction circles, we throw everything in. We put a big focus on drugs and alcohol. And I'm not saying that it's not serious. It is very serious. We need to address it. But there are so many other byproducts of that and other types of things that people find themselves into these life controlling things of gambling. And uh, I'm seeing massive amounts of porn addiction and have been. And some people, you know, I know some counselors are like, well, that's just normal. And I'm like, no, no, this is not normal. This is not normal. You know? <laughs> and so uh, it is like, well, my teenage son is, you know, no, that, no, 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 no. You know, I've seen kids as young as nine years old addicted to pornography and not being able to define what addiction is. So when that brain, and I love the fact that y'all take into consideration the brain science, because yeah. God gave us a brain for a reason. It's so complex. The creator was so amazing when he created yeah. us. Can you talk a little bit about the philosophy of new and the brain science behind this? Sure. So, you know, obviously the, the word tells us that people suppress the truth and unrighteousness, but no one is without excuse because creation testifies to the attributes of God. Creation is telling us everything we need to know. We can know truths about God by what has been made. We can understand there are universal truths that even non-believers can agree with us on in regards to human behavior, how the body works. That's why we have medicine and things like that. And so what the brain tells us in addiction is it gets hijacked um, after somebody has been putting a substance in their body for a very long time. 
And once the brain is hijacked, a person is not thinking clearly, a person is in essential survival mode, and the number one ingredient to survival is the substance. And so it takes a while for the brain to be healed from that. Yes. However, a lot of times people, again, like I said, will reduce uh, addiction down to what you see on a brain scan. Oh, well, that's just what it is. It's not anything else. When the way we see it is the brain scan is actually telling a story of their life. It's telling a story of, the, of how they think. It's telling a story of decisions that they make and, and their spiritual um, current you know, situation and how they're relating to God. I think all these things can actually, the, the science is telling us a spiritual problem is existing. It's just the fruit of the spiritual problem. Yes. Um, and so we understand too, that we, while we're in the flesh, we, we're going to have these weaknesses. We're going to have these limitations and we have to acknowledge through the general revelation that God's given us in creation and how he made the body. It's going to take time to heal physically. And we can't, and it would be antithetical to the truth if I denied that. So <laughs> not that God can't say, you know, nope, I'm going to change your, you know, I'm going to heal the brain. And that's that God can absolutely do that, but it's not necessarily the rule uh, in what he always does. You know, sometimes he allows us to a lot of times he allows us to go through these times of suffering and wrestling to really teach us more spiritually about him and relying on him and trusting him and disciplining ourselves. So, um, I think I answered your question. Yes. <laughs> I got a couple different things. I think I, I think I answered your question. Um, so if I could just sum all that up, it would be God has given us general revelation in what has been created. There are general truths that we can all agree on and see and treat. And there are also divine revelations he's revealed to us in scripture. So the general revelation is incomplete without the divine re revelation. Does that make sense? Oh, it's well said. Well said, Sarah, and explained well, because there is that that struggle between the science and the scriptural. And there's there's God. God is in control yep. and he knows exactly what he's doing. And, you know, I'll just give it a practical example of how that works. When I quit smoking cigarettes, I was radically delivered. Now, that's unusual. Okay. <laughs> And but two years after I was set free from nicotine, I was I was studying for a state exam. I was in a high pressure career job. My job was contingent on me passing this exam. And yeah. and I had I was a single mom with two kids under a lot of pressure. And the people I was studying with the exam for smoked cigarettes. And so I found myself, you know, just smoking a little bit here, smoke a little bit there. And then got to where I get off of work. I come home, I go to my Florida room, smoke a little bit. And I had been delivered and I didn't go back smoking weed, you know. Um, so there, there was a little bit of progress, you know, <laughs> but it was still a struggle. OK. And yeah. all of a sudden I found myself going through a pack a day and I was like crying out to God going, you delivered me from this. And now, you know, it's like the scriptures talk, well, dog returned to its vomit and I had. And so I, I was like, that's it. I'm done. I quit. You know, I repented for, you know, smoking <clears throat> the girlfriend. I had to walk that out. 
Okay. There was no more radical deliverance for me. <laughs> my flesh was so engaged and I could find myself walking out of a restaurant. And I see a group of smokers and I walk by and I go, <gasps> you know, it's just terrible that I had to die to that thing. And it took time for me to walk that out. So yes, yeah, sometimes there is radical deliverance. Other times we walk it out and whenever we walk it out, we grow and we, and we learn things and there, we, we get the opportunity to experience things we normally would not. And therefore, right. we have to sit hand in hand with that person who is going through the struggle and get down the dirt with them and say, you're going to get out of this. You know, God right. is no respecter of person. Uh, you're looking at a redeemed person here. Let's work together on helping you get focused on uh, the Lord and what he would have for your life. So yeah. do you have a personal testimony you would mm -hmm. like to share of how you got How did you get started in the whole addiction arena here? Sure. So I, you know, when I was little, I didn't think I want to grow up and, and direct, you know, a drug rehab. I, I never thought that or considered it. And honestly, I thought that, you know, God had other plans for my life. This is where he led me. Um, so uh, when I was, I don't know, 12, I think I was 12. Um, I started drinking heavily and I mean like blackout drinking. And whenever I tell my story, I always want to comfort all of the moms and dads who have very troubled youth. I was a very troubled youth. Um, I ran away. I was horribly disrespectful to my mom. Uh, I did not grow up in the church or being taught about Jesus. Um, that was an encounter that I had in jail. <laughs> Go figure. But I start, I mean, I was on probation. I think my whole adolescence into being a teenager, um, in and out of jail, I was using, you know, very hard drugs by 14, um, you know, ecstasy, cocaine, um, which got even heavier when I was 15. Um, and I, I mean, I'm talking like staying out all night, doing this several times a week. A week, and by the time I was 18, I'd already been to a couple of rehabs. I'd been to group homes. I'd been to a children's home. I'd been to recovery housing, and I'd found myself uh, shooting heroin by the time I was 18. And uh, and I remember thinking to myself, "How did I get here?" Um, I know that God has always had His hand on my life because I've always had an interest in Him. I've all I remember being very young and looking up out the window, like what I'm seeing in the backseat of the car and seeing the stars and just like wondering and pondering um, who who he is and just seeing within the sky. Back to what we were talking about, what has been made, I could tell that he was powerful and loving, you know, looking at the sky. And so I've always had a fascination with God. I just didn't really know who he was. And so when I was in jail for the third, fourth, fifth, tenth time, um, there were these two little old ladies that uh, had a prison ministry and they brought a prayer shawl with tassels on it. And they told us about the woman with the bleeding disorder. And, um, and you know, when she said, if I could only touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. And when she touched the hem of his garment, she was healed. And they invited us to come and touch the hem of this garment and cry out to Jesus to be healed. And I just dove to that garment. And I think that was the first encounter I had had about just really like laying my burdens at his feet. Uh, I, again, I didn't know a lot about Jesus, but I knew that he was it. 
I did know that. I did know that. And that was just the a divine intervention of the Holy Spirit in my life. Uh, I didn't know that because of my flesh. I knew that because God was already intervening. So those of you who have loved ones who are getting locked up or using drugs, there is, it is not going to be by the flesh that God is revealed to them and truth is revealed to them. Always pray for a divine intervention for God to remove those scales because that's what had to happen for me. Um, but I mean, after that, I just, I was kind of like you, I had this radical, uh, transformation very quickly where I just didn't want to go out anymore. I didn't want to party anymore. So right when my friends at like 21, you know, they're starting to, you know, start drinking and, and drugging and things like that. I was already done. <laughs> like I'm done this is just not satisfying to me anymore and Jesus is satisfying I want to know more about him um but I had a similar experience to you as well um I ended up going off to AmeriCorps I met my husband and we ended up having children but after I had my first baby they prescribed me pain medicine whenever I went home from the hospital and I realized um, you know what? I'm looking forward to my next dose <laughs> often. You know, I wasn't I wasn't taking more than prescribed. I wasn't, you know, snorting it or, you know, cooking it or anything. I was just looking forward to the next dose. And so, um, I, you know, the Lord convicted me and um, I was getting a, an ongoing prescription from my doctor at the time, but I did repent. And I had to walk it out, too. I mean, there was a very dark period in my Christian walk that God just had to teach me how to trust him. And they're in a very dark space. So getting drugs out of the way is like the first step. <laughs> and then and then there's the walking it out. Uh, so anyway, that's just a little bit of my story just to touch on. Wow, that is amazing. Well, obviously, you were able to shake that off because now you're working in that industry, helping others to yeah. recognize that there is hope available. Absolutely. And I love the fact that you address the audience. And I agree with her, y'all. Listen, we have all had we have everyone has been affected by someone who is battling. And it is it is it could be your your loved one. It could be a child, a spouse. It could be a nephew, niece, any of that. There could be your neighbor, your coworker, your boss, anywhere, anytime. Everyone is affected by this, but there is hope. And many times we, we hear the whole once an addict, always an addict. And we think that nothing can change. I'm here to tell you today that there is change. Change is possible. Yeah. And it, it comes from a surrendered vessel. It comes from that intervention and mm -hmm. so forth. So what would you say to the person who is watching this broadcast and they're saying, but Sarah, you don't get it. You know, I, I will always be like this. Mm -hmm. What would you say to that? I would say that for man, this is impossible. But for God, all things are possible. I've had to talk myself. I have had to preach that to myself when I have run up against things within me that I just could not change or fix. That's why we need a savior, y'all. That's why we need Jesus, because we can't fix it. It's the first step is just acknowledging I can't, but he can and believing he can. Um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's impossible for man. I cannot save myself. I cannot make myself sane. I can't even get myself up in the morning. I don't even make my next heartbeat. Right. It's 
all got to be from his hand. Like, Lord, I am dealing with this thing. I don't even know how to not be this way. I need you to change me. <laughs> yes. I'm just acknowledging according to your word, this isn't good. Mm. According to your word, I'm wrong. And I need you to, to fix me. I need you to help me. I need you to heal me. I can't do it. Another verse is his ways are higher than our ways. His yes. thoughts are higher than our thoughts. What we see is possible. God is like up here, 30,000 foot view. He sees the whole picture and he knows how to deliver us. He knows how we don't, we're like stuck in the middle of the woods. Can't even see forest through the trees. He's got a bird's eye view and knows exactly where we're at, knows exactly where he's going to guide us. And we just got to trust him sometimes, even when we don't know how it's going to work, how it's going to, how we're going to be healed. Like, that's just where I'm at right now. You know, if that's where somebody's at, I can't fix myself. I'm, I feel like I'm always going to be this way. I really don't. But I know God can do something about this. He can. So right now, I'm just going to rest on that scripture. True. So I love that because the word is the answer. And we look, you know, we see when Jesus was in the wilderness and he was being tempted, it was the word of God that he used. Yeah. Whenever the enemy would come in and, and mess with him, he would turn around and say, It is written. It is written. So the word for you today is hashtag God's got a bird's eyes view. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that could be like a title of a book. Okay. <laughs> I love that, Sarah. Today it's Sarah's. Okay, don't go snatching it. You know, you know, we know in Solomon nothing is new under the sun, but I think that that could like be a book. So, hey, I'll take that. I'll start thinking about it. Yes, because our view is distorted because it's through the lens of humanity, and we are, you know, we are so uh, tainted. I guess is the right word. And right. and we have so many triggers and so much trauma and different things because we. We all know people talk about gateway drugs. I believe that a gateway drug is trauma. Yeah. Uh, the trauma is at the root of almost every person I've ever dealt with in my own personal walk. So whenever we have been, um, you know, something has happened traumatic to us. Where do we go? We go to the healer. We go, we go to Jesus. And because he's the only one that can restore us in this situation of, of what, whether it was on our own accord, you know, um, I know when I chose to use it, the first time it was my, you know, free moral agent exercising my right to whatever, you know. And but but when that um, when the brain is hijacked and it is just like perpetual, perpetually over and over driving you, it is something, you know. So if you're watching this and you're thinking, you know, well, hey, you know, uh, this person cannot change, I will beg to differ. People can, but with 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 on our own ability. And our behavior modification will only get us a little bit. Okay. Uh, it is whenever we are totally surrendered and say, I can't, but you can. And you said that a while ago. And I love that. That should be on like every billboard, you know, we can't, but God can because yeah. we're living in a world with a lot of things going on. So, wow, Sarah, this has been so good. I absolutely love your heart. I love what you're doing at Renew Clinic. I want you guys to make sure that you go to the webpage, visit the webpage, and maybe you're thinking, well, I'm not in Knoxville. If you're not in Knoxville and you can't interact and get involved with their intensive uh, outpatient program, you can at least pray for this ministry because they get it. And so funding is always an issue for all of us that operate in the nonprofit. You can go and look on there, follow the website. Are you guys on social media as well? 
Yes, we are at Renew Knoxville. Yep. Okay. And so are you on like Facebook, Insta? What all are you on? Yeah, we are on Facebook and Instagram. Actually, I think it's Renew Clinic Knoxville. Sorry, but we are on Facebook and Instagram. Excellent. Excellent. Go to the website. Take a look at all the amazing things that they're doing. Pray for them. We yes. need more programs like this out there where people are standing hand in hand and they are meeting and they are talking and they are processing and they are inviting God into the mix. Because I tell you, there's a lot of messages that will come out of the messes that in those groups. You know, I, our friend Adam Comer, and I know you know Adam, and this has resonated with me the last couple of weeks. It was last week when I interviewed him, maybe the week before. I love him. Man of God. He said that revival true revival is going to come from the rooms of recovery mm -hmm. and that is just stuck in my spirit yeah because whenever people are real and they are transparent it and and we we quit putting on this oh I, everything is perfect hallelujah mm -hmm. and we say hey I've been there, you know, I, I will walk this out with you then things shift and change and people are willing to say okay if God can do that for them I'm gonna mm -hmm. I'm gonna pursue that savior they call Jesus. And when people come into the trueness of the gospel and, and receive, you know, we all have, we're, we're most of the time, we're pretty good givers, but it's really hard for us to receive. Once we start to receive his love, his mercy and his forgiveness yeah. and change. So Sarah, if you could leave the audience with one key, what would that key be? So I had something written down. I had something okay. written down, but as we were talking, um, there was a quote that came to my mind and it's Kierkegaard. Uh, he's a Christian philosopher, but he said, uh, most men find a level of despair that they can tolerate and call it happiness. Mm. And in my experience, um, that's what behavioral modification is. Uh, it's just a little bit more of the same, but until we have Christ, until we know Christ, as our life, as our bread and butter. And uh, until we know him as Savior, Lord, friend, Father, um, and we know the Father, it's always going to be a level of despair that we can tolerate, just calling it happiness. Wow. And true joy is found in him. Life is found in him. And a lot of people are medicating their lives because of the despair that they're tolerating and calling it happiness. Mm. And they don't even know what else is available. Wow. So, well, there's so much truth to that statement because I would, I was one of those people. And I know that when I came into the things of the Lord and truly pressed in and received, you know, he's constantly, we're on the potter's wheel. He's, you know, we're never going to arrive and he's constantly dealing with me. And, you know, I, I, I pray that I'm not the same woman next year that I am this year. And, and that's that progress. I'm all about progress, not perfection. But I remember distinctly, Sarah, that the day that I recognized that, that God was bigger and there was a purpose in my pain. And I remember looking around me and all of a sudden colors were vibrant. Yeah. You know, I mean, the flowers had a smell. I never noticed those things before. I was in survival mode all of those years, trying to cover up my pain and look like I had it together. But right. so if you're watching this broadcast and you were in the Knoxville area, this is a safe place. This is a healthy place. This is a place where you're going to find freedom. Go check it out. If you are not in the area, at minimum, pray for them. And if you want to sow a seed into the ministry, I'm sure that they will receive it and it'll be good ground. So I just want to thank you, Sarah, for taking the time today to talk about what God's doing there. I'm so excited. So grateful. Yes. Thank you for having me. It's been so good talking with you.
Absolutely. Well, listen, y'all, we all have, you know, it's recovery month. I've already told you we're in the middle of September. There's more testimonies to come, uh, but stay on the line, Sarah. I want to talk with you for a moment before we get off. For those of you watching, check out the website and we'll see you right here next time on Keys to Your Best Life. God bless. See ya. <laughs>